Welcome to Wyoming Valley Church's podcast with Pastor Todd Walker. We started a podcast series recently called Harder Things, and that's what we're going to continue talking about today. This past Sunday, we looked at Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. We sort of started our Christmas series at our church uh, this past week, and we're going to continue that this Sunday, of course because it's right before Christmas. But this past Sunday, we paused our book study in Ephesians, and we looked at a passage from Philippians 2 that really, it's not a classic Christmas passage. The reason I chose it is because it talks about why Jesus came to this earth. And of course, that does line up with Christmas, because that's what we celebrate. We celebrate the advent, the coming of Jesus. And in Philippians 2, it tells us exactly why Jesus came. And I'm going to read the first 11 verses, just so we have a context of what we're going to talk about today. This is what Paul says in Philippians 2, verses 1 to 11. He says, So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on the earth, and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. This is one of my favorite passages in all of Scripture, and it's not because it's one of those warm, fuzzy, full of promises passages, because it's not really. There are a couple of glorified things in this passage that should bring us a lot of joy, but the reason I like this passage is because of what it calls me to. Because of what Jesus did, and because of what he's done for my soul, I'm called to something great. And that's the part I want to dig up today in our Harder Things study, because that's what we do in this Harder Things podcast, is we dig up one of the hardest things in the passage and try to help us appreciate it and obey it. And the part I want to focus on today is is not essentially what Jesus did for us. Um, that's what we love focusing on this time of year. And I think that's a good thing, but I think we're going to get a lot of that this season. What I want to focus on today and dig up today is what we're supposed to do based on what Jesus has done for us. Now, we do have to set that foundation once again because it doesn't make sense otherwise. But there is a part of this passage that does give me the warm feelings that I want. It's the part that tells me what Jesus did for me. I love that. I don't love it because I like thinking about him hanging on the cross. I love it because I receive salvation. I love it because I receive forgiveness. I love it because I receive eternal life, and those are all gifts to me, and I like receiving gifts. I'm going to be honest. And when I look at this passage, a part of it tells me what I get. But at the beginning of this passage, it tells me what I'm called to do. And that's the part that's hard. That's the part we're going to talk about today, this emptying that we are called to do. You see, Jesus emptied himself. It tells us that in verse 7. When Jesus came to this earth, he didn't just come as the glorified Son of God and stay in that form and and receive the glory that he was due. We know that didn't happen. He became a man. 
Man, I, I don't know what that's like. I don't know what it's like for the Son of God to become a man. I, I really can't envision the fall and the humility that Jesus took on, but, but it says in this passage that he did. He left everything in heaven that was truly royal and rich and powerful and worthy of the Son of God. He left it. It said he didn't consider those things to be held on to, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of men. And then it says he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. The amount of emptying that Jesus undertook there is really beyond my comprehension to appreciate it. But I need to understand it and I need to believe it because it's the basis for what I'm called to do. Because I'm also called and you're also called to empty yourself. And really, I like bringing this up now because it's the time of year that we'll consider charity and love and good deeds more than we will other times of the year. You know, we get those warm feelings at Christmas and we like the fact that we can look out for the needs of others. And you know, I don't, it's this time of year. I don't know if it's made based on the romance of Christmas movies or Christmas music or, or maybe it is just thinking about Jesus. But for whatever reason, we're more apt to love people this time of year than we are other parts of the year. And, and so I want to hit us with this now while we're thinking about these things. But I want it to linger because that's the point. See, in verse 3, Paul tells us to do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. We're Americans. <laughs> That doesn't make sense. Yeah, we, we like saying it. We like thinking about it. But we don't like doing that. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. That's the entire American mantra. That's how we gain success. We strive for greatness. We climb the ladder. We go up. I, it says do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Can Americans understand that? Can we, can we, we appreciate that? I'm not sure we can. It says in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Well, it doesn't say count others as significant. It says count others more significant than yourselves. That's another harder thing. You're telling me that the needs of others need to be more important than my needs? Because, I mean, really what I've grown up in, and this is kind of the best we have, is that I'll consider the needs of others with whatever I have left over. Right? If I have leftovers and I see someone in need, yeah, I'll probably give it to them. I'll try at least. You know, I'll try to, to give them my scraps and my leftovers. And then it says this, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Wait, what? Jesus emptied himself. He took the form of a servant. He became humble to the point of death, even death on a cross. And now it's telling me to have that mindset? Yeah, it is. He took on the form of a servant and he was born in the likeness of men. I, I, I'm not going to be able to do that part like Jesus did because I'm already a man. So I can't start from being the son of God and become man. And Paul knows that. And that's not literally what he's asking us to do. What he's asking us to do is empty ourselves based on what we have. And that's why it makes sense. Because we have much, 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 much less than the son of God has in heaven. The emptying for us should be so much easier than Jesus did. But it's still challenging, isn't it? It's challenging because we're selfish we want things. We want to be filled. We, we don't like sacrifice. In fact, I looked up the word sacrifice and the definition is not going to blow you away, but I, I want us to think about it because this is the, what the word sacrifice means. It's, it means an act of giving up something valued for the sake of something else regarded as more important or worthy. See, sacrifice means giving up something. I have six children and in an ideal world, we have six of everything, you know, there's six sets of toys, every toy. 
There's six sets of food and snacks. There's six sets of everything so that everybody gets equal amount and no one ever has to sacrifice and everybody gets what they want, right? That's ideal. The problem is, is we don't live in an ideal world and therefore my children are learning this very hard concept of sacrifice. And it's really challenging as a parent to make, make that make sense in my children's mind because it doesn't make sense. They're willing to give up something as long as they get the same thing. The idea of sharing where everybody gets equal makes sense. It doesn't mean they necessarily want to do it, but it makes sense because everybody gets that. Everybody wins. We love that, right? When everybody wins, everybody's happy. We love that. But that's not sacrifice. Sacrifice is when you give up and you lose so that someone else can gain. That's what Jesus did. It says in Philippians 2 that he became a servant. He became in the likeness of men. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus didn't get. He gave up. He gave up an immense amount that I really can't comprehend. But he did it so that people like me and like you could be filled spiritually. Because we were spiritually bankrupt. And Jesus knew that. And he knew if we stayed that way, we'd end up with a godless hell wanted us to be filled but you know what happened he came to a, a less than ideal world and in an ideal world jesus would come down just give us a sampling of what he had he really wouldn't lose that much he'd still have it then we'd have it too and everybody's happy but we don't live in an ideal world do we we live in a sin cursed world and in the sin cursed world oftentimes one person can be blessed and someone else has to sacrifice and that's exactly what he's calling us to do is to empty ourselves. I worked a couple retail jobs growing up and we did this thing that you guys probably have done if you've worked in a similar job setting. Is It's called inventory. In inventory, what you do is you go along the shelves and you sort of see what kinds of things you have in the store and what things you're low on so that you can go get whatever you need, whatever you're low on. And whatever you're low on, you just order it. And so you, you, you bring it into the store so that you have a lot of everything so that when people come in, they can find what they're looking for. Well, in inventory, you're looking for what you're low so you can bring that up. But really what Jesus is calling to us to in Philippians chapter 2 is the opposite of inventory. It's finding out where we're big, finding out where we have lots, and then looking how we can give that away. Or maybe this is the way to think about it is... Here in America, you would think, living in a first world country, we have a lot of surplus, right? That's the great thing about Americans is we have surplus. Other parts of the world, they live, you know, paycheck by paycheck. And, you know, it's always a, it's always a scramble whether they're going to get the food or pay the bills. And it, man, it's always a tight thing. Here in America, it's like, oh, no, we have comfort and we have ease and we have a surplus. So when we give, we should have tons to give others. I mean, we should be giving others all week long, all month long because of the surplus. But is that really what we have? No, we don't have that. Because here in America, we raise our standard of living. If we had the same standard of living as they do in these third world countries, then of course we'd have surplus. We'd be willing to, we'd be willing and able to bless as many people as we could, but that's not what we have. As soon as we get more money, we raise our standard of living. So a lot of people, even rich people, live paycheck to paycheck. So I've heard. And a lot of them don't have a lot of money in the bank. And a lot of them are just living to a standard of living that's higher because they have more money to do so. So there's not really a lot of leftovers. And that's a problem. Because we are supposed to, as Christians, give to others. 
But oftentimes, we don't have a lot, do we? There's not a lot in the bank. There's not a lot of extra time. There's not a lot of ec extra energy. And so I'm looking at my life going, well, I don't know. I, if, I, if I give up, there's going to be something I don't have. If I give up money and possessions because I don't have a surplus, I'm going to miss out. Well, that's true. If I give people my time, that means I don't have extra time. I'm going to have to use time that I think is for important things. So then I'll lose that time? Yeah. See, I don't have a lot of energy. I, I, I'm taxed out. I'm crazy busy. So if I give up energy to serve other people, that means I'm going to lose sleep? I'm going to lose my chill time? Yeah, it is. That's exactly what it means. And I, th and I need us to make sense in our, in our culture. And I know that's challenging. That's why this is the harder thing because Paul is asking us to empty ourselves. See, the, past, the part of the passage we like is where Jesus fills us. You know, I'm learning that with my children. They love to get things. See, in the Christmas season, although I like the Christmas season, there are a couple wonderful messages in the Christmas season. The whole idea of gift exchange doesn't really line up with the idea of sacrifice. It's a good concept, I guess. You're, you're getting things for other people, but they're also getting you things. You know, and, and this is the ideal environment that we like. We sit down on Christmas morning. People open up presents that I got them. But guess what? I also have several presents in front of me that they got me. And everybody wins. You know, they get to open up presents. I get to open up presents. I'm excited about the things I'm getting. They're excited about the things they're getting. And everybody feels good. That's the ideal environment that we like. But you see, that's not the message in Philippians chapter 2. In Philippians chapter 2, in order to fill us, Jesus had to go bankrupt. He had to go broke. And he did. I mean, he did. To absolutely. To the highest degree anyone ever went broke and bankrupt. He went from riches to rags. He did that so that I could be filled spiritually. Because if, unless Jesus came to this earth and emptied himself, I don't know truth. I don't have life. I don't understand that I'm in my sins. I don't understand the right way to God. I don't have the power to turn myself around or make myself a new creature. Jesus had to empty himself. So I'm trying to envision the conversation between God the Father and Jesus the Son. Because here's the concept. Jesus... The people that we created, and yes, this is conjecture. I don't know if this conversation actually took place, but Jesus, the people that we created have rebelled. They've made a real mess of themselves. They're down there. They're sinning. They're rebelling. They're doing against everything that we've taught them. They're hurting each other. They're living selfishly. They've really corrupted themselves. And they're, they're going to be cast away because I'm holy. God is holy. And my stance on sin is that sin is condemned. I punish sin. In order to be holy, sin has to be punished. So, Jesus, my son, I'm going to ask you to do something. And what I'm going to ask you to do is incredibly hard. I'm going to ask you to go down and help those people. But here's the thing, Jesus. If they're not going to get condemned for their sin, someone's going to pay for those sins. Those sins don't get swept under the rug. I don't wink at those sins. I don't turn a blind eye to those sins. I don't just forgive. If they're not going to be condemned for their sins, my son, Jesus, you are. You are going to be condemned. You're going to go to the cross. You're going to pay for their sins. Sin is going to be paid for. So I will fill them with my grace, with my love, with my salvation, with my forgiveness. But in order for me to do that, not only do you have to step off your throne in heaven as my son, but you have to empty yourself completely. 
balance of everything. You have to become a man, your own creation. You have to serve man, your own creation. Then you have to die, and you have to die on a cross. And the reason you have to do that is so that these people can be filled, so these people can find life, so these people can be blessed, so these people can have a relationship with God once again. But if I give them that, you will lose everything. You will lose your dignity. You will lose your riches. You will lose your power. You will lose your royalty. You will lose your good treatment. You will lose your praises and adoration. You will lose your blood. You will lose your body. You will hang on a tree completely exposed in the most humiliating way possible. And you will die. And then, if you do that, I can fill them. But in order for them to be filled, you have to be emptied. That right there is what Jesus did. That right there is what we celebrate this time of year, is that Jesus emptied himself so that you and I could be filled. Now, that's a great story, isn't it? That's a wonderful story. I want to sing about that. I do. I want to celebrate that. Jesus, thank you for filling me. I am full. Thank you, Jesus. But that's not what we're talking about today. Not primarily. We're talking about what Jesus has called us to do. Because that's how the passage starts. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Why? Why should I? Because Jesus did for you. And that's not part of the story that we like. The part of the story that we like is where we get filled. See, you've, you've heard of this concept, pay it forward. I don't think that's a biblical phrase, but I do think it's a biblical message that the world has sort of jumped on that train going, ooh, that sounds kind of good. That if people love me, I should turn back and love someone else. Well, where did they get that from? They got it from Jesus. Jesus is the one who's basically telling us that's exactly what I'm telling you today. I have become broke. I emptied myself more than you can ever understand. And you're spiritually filled for the rest of eternity. And I'm not asking you to give up your spiritual filling. No. What I'm asking you to do is give up your physical blessings. The stuff that you have, the money, the time, the energy, the good treatment, give that up so that someone else can be blessed because when you do that, they might see Jesus because that's a really good reflection of what Jesus has done. And I want you to do it as a reflection of Jesus to this earth. They need to see that message. They need to see that because that's otherworldly. And I'm asking you and I'm commanding you to do it because I want more people filled up. But in order for more people to be filled, your neighbors and your coworkers and your friends and your family members, you're going to have to become empty because we don't live in an ideal world. If they're going to gain, you're going to lose. That's what he is calling us to this Christmas season. See, that doesn't line up with the gift exchange on Christmas morning. If, if this were represented at Christmas morning, what we'd have is we would be giving other people presents and we'd sit there with nothing. Our bank accounts would be empty. We wouldn't have any gifts in front of us and we'd just watch our loved ones open presents and we'd find joy from that because that's what Jesus did for us. 
He came down, he became broke, he served man, and then he died for man. And he got nothing out of that deal. Nothing. Lost everything. But his people got filled. His people got blessed. His people found life. His people found a restored relationship with God. And he, he was willing to do it simply for the fact that his people would find filling. That's the wonderful part of the story. But now, will you pay it forward? Will you take the filling that you have received? Because God has blessed us. We do live in America. There is an advantage that we have. And we can do the inventory in the way that I asked us to before, where we don't look around going, where am I low? Where should I get more stuff? No, because that's what the Americans do. That's what the worldly people do. The Christians should do a different kind of inventory. We should look at our lives and go, what don't I need? Truly, what don't I need? Not what don't I want. What don't I need? I'm going to give up the things that I don't need. I can go with less of this. I can go with less of this. Wait, if I trim this a little bit, if I go without this a little bit, I'll have more money. I'll have more time. I'll have more energy. I'll be able to reach the needs of more people. Do you see that? That's the kind of inventory we should be doing because we should be looking to empty ourselves. Because Jesus did it for us. That right there is the harder thing. That's the deepest meaning of Christmas. And when you give up, you may not have. You will go without but someone else will be blessed. And when you do that, you represent what Jesus has done for you. And this is convicting even to talk about because I don't do this like I should. But this is my calling. This is what Jesus is asking me to do. And I need to do an inventory just like we all need to do an inventory today and go, what can I do without? I can look around in my life and find ways to trim. I can find things I don't need. I can find out things that are leisure. I could find out things that Americans just have as a standard of living and I can cut those things so that I can have money, time, energy to give to those who are really in need. And yeah, when I do that, I'm probably not going to get. They're going to get and I'm going to lose out, but they will be filled and they may see Jesus, see Jesus through that experience. And most of all, even if they don't, because a lot of our righteousness is supposed to be done in secret, and that's okay. So they may not understand that it came from us or what we had to give up. That's okay, because here's why we're doing it primarily, for the glory of God. Because Jesus did it for God's sake more than he did it for our sake. And then God filled Jesus up in heaven, because that's the end of the passage. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. See, you cannot give God. Jesus went broke. Jesus gave up everything. But there's a comma that was just his experience on earth. When Jesus got back up to heaven, God filled him more than he even was before. He got the name that is above every name. He was given his throne. Myriads and myriads of angels and heavenly beings are praising him. We will serve him in heaven. He will have a kingdom that is purely for him and his glory, all because of the emptying that he did. And there's a comma too. When we empty ourselves on earth, that's not the end of the story. Because there's another life coming. There's another experience coming where we're going to be filled again. And this time, so much more than any sort of American filling can give us. Because God can now give anyone by a landslide. And he's going to. 
If we empty ourselves similar to Jesus, we will be filled similar to Jesus. I hope that encourages you today because we have to do this. I have to do this. I have to empty myself. I have to fill the needs of those around me. And I have to do it for the sake of God's glory. That should be the deepest Christmas message we understand and we show to this world. And I hope you will today. I hope you will this week. Go deeper. Go deeper than the world is going. Go deeper than just a gift exchange. Go deeper than just an ideal world where everybody wins. Go deeper than just sharing a little bit of your extras. No sacrifice. Because your Jesus sacrificed for you. And you're going to experience eternal life with God because once Jesus emptied himself. Would you do that? Would you think about that? Would you pray about that? Would you do the inventory? Look at your life. Look at what you can trim. Look at what you can get rid of so that you can bless the needs of others. I hope this encourages you this Christmas season. Many blessings. Thanks for listening to the Wyoming Valley Church Podcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. We're located in the Dolphin Plaza on Highway 315 in Wilkesbury. Learn more about us at wyomingvalleychurch.org. Wyoming Valley Church, a place where all are welcome.